Colossians chapter number 1. Let me begin reading in verse number 13. The Bible says, "...who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins." who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. I want to come back to verse number 19, where it says, For it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. And uh, can I say this baby that was born on that first Christmas morning, which Christmas just simply means the day of Christ. But as we think about that baby that was born on that Christmas morning, we were just reminded in the song that Brother Sassy sang that that baby was born to die upon Calvary, had one express purpose for coming. He did not come to be the greatest preacher to ever walk the face of the earth, even though he was. He did not come to be the greatest doctor and physician to walk the face of the earth, but he was. He didn't come to be the best teacher in all his parables and time spent with the disciples, but yet he was. The Bible says that the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. And aren't you thankful that a baby was born close to 2,000 years ago? He wasn't delivered to the king. He wasn't delivered to the political leaders. But he was born in a lowly manger, showing that each and every one of us, no matter of our social status, our political status, or our economic status, may I say this, we can approach the baby that was born in a manger, and born to die upon Calvary. As I read here in verse number 19, that in Him should all fullness dwell. May I remind us that in Jesus is absolutely everything that we could possibly need. In fact, as I was reading this, and we were thinking about the Christmas story that has been read throughout this morning in Luke chapter number 2. It's not just been read about, but it has been sung about throughout this morning. I wrote down a couple little notes beside this verse and entitled it, The Full Story. The Full Story, because it's in Christ that God chose, and it pleased the Father that all fullness should dwell. As I looked back over the scriptures, and by no means will we take the time this morning or even bleeding into this afternoon to be able to read throughout the scriptures, but may I remind us since the beginning of time when Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden and that first sin was committed here on this earth, that ever since that day the law demanded a sacrifice to be made. 
The law demanded a sacrifice. As the Lord Jesus would come down and God would walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day, but after sin had separated their fellowship, and God came down and said, Where art thou, Adam? And of course the discourse was given about they partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They had disobeyed the commands of God, which may I remind us that simply what sin is, is disobeying the word of God and disobeying the the commands of God. And so we see there that they actually admitted to their sin and it was confessed right there. But for the first time since time had began, a sacrifice was made there in the Garden of Eden. And uh, we do assume, because the, their clothes were made out of lamb skin, we do assume that that first sacrifice that was made was of a lamb there in the Garden of Eden. And for the first time, blood had been shed. And it was a foreshadow. And we were told about this as they were expelled from the garden. They had on their lambskin clothes to be able to cover their nakedness in their fallen nature now as they had sinned against Almighty God. And can I ask you this question? And it may just settle some answers. Do you think that God made Adam and Eve sin in the garden that day? Do you think they didn't have a choice but to partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? No, they actually had a choice that day. And uh, did God know what choice they were going to make? Yes, because He's God. Don't take anything away from the foreknowledge of God. But listen, do not get too far that Adam and Eve had a choice that day and they chose to partake. They chose to disobey the command of the Lord Jesus Christ that was given to them. And ever since sin has entered into humanity, law has demanded a sacrifice be made for that sin. And since the beginning of time, I've made mention that a lamb had been given. We could trace this all the way through the Mosaic law that was given there on Mount Sinai. And listen, all the way down through the ages, all the way up until the time of Christ, may I remind us that that temple was still there, that altar was still there, and they were sacrificing and lambs and goats and turtle doves and they were bringing them because there was a continuous line of sin ever since the beginning of time. And law demanded a sacrifice to be made. But then second of all, as I look throughout the scriptures and we won't take the time to be able to look at them, but starting in Genesis chapter number 3 and verse number 15, we have the first prophecy of the virgin birth being made, Genesis 3.15. And we want to see that the Lord declared the sacrifice in scriptures. We also saw the Bible says that Satan would bruise the heel of the Lord Jesus Christ, but yet Jesus would crush the head of the serpent. Aren't you thankful for that? All the way throughout scriptures, listen, the declaration was made throughout scriptures that a sacrifice was coming. Every time they took a lamb and laid that down upon that altar and slit the throat of that lamb and that blood would flow freely just as a picture of what was going to take place thousands of years into the future. The scriptures declared that, and the Lord declared it in the scriptures that a lamb was going to be coming, that a sacrifice was going to be made. In fact, Jesus even told us that a virgin shall conceive and bear 
a son when you get over there into uh, Isaiah chapter 7 and verse number 14. You get into chapter number 9 and verse number 6 and we have the prophecy given once again. You get over into Micah chapter number 5 and verse number 2. It even tells us where this sacrifice is going to be born all the way through. You want a wonderful chapter about the crucifixion of Christ? You can go back to Psalm chapter 22 and be able to read about what took place in the life and the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. All the way through scriptures for thousands of years, the Lord declared in the scriptures that a sacrifice was going to be made. You know why the Lord declared it in the scriptures? Because the law demanded a sacrifice. The law demanded it. There was no way to be able to pay for the sins of mankind without a sacrifice being made. But oh, on that glorious morning, aren't you thankful for a baby being born in a manger? I know we read about that and uh, the story was just told. And may I say this, that will be in the book of Dale chapter number one about the story of the crippled lamb being there on that that, that Christmas night, okay? I think that's just a spinoff of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer myself. And, uh, but aren't you thankful that morning, that night, listen, when it was broadcast to the shepherds that were there, aren't you thankful that it was told to each and every one of them as we preached last week that it was proclaimed to the shepherds that a Savior was born. It was proclaimed to Joseph that he shall save his people from their sins. It was declared by Mary that her soul doth magnify her Lord and her Savior. But then may I remind us of this, not just did the law demand the sacrifice and the Lord had declared it in the scriptures. But on that glorious day, yes, a baby was born, but a baby was born to die upon Calvary. And I was reading earlier this morning over in John chapter 1 and verse number 29 and and also later in verse number 36 when John the Baptist was baptizing down there next to to the Jordan River. And he looked up and he was talking about, there one comes after me, whose shoe latchets I'm not worthy, and he must increase and John must decrease. But yet what he said there in that passage of Scripture and said it twice in the same chapter, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. The first time as they were gathered around and he was baptizing there at the Jordan River, he said, Behold the Lamb of God that which taketh away the sin of the world. Later on, it was just a few disciples that were gathered around. The Bible says that John looked up and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. May I say that was a reference to the law demanding a sacrifice and the Lord declaring it in the Scripture. But may I remind us that the Lamb delivered it to the satisfaction of the Father. The lamb delivered it. You say, what do you mean? Even in Isaiah chapter number 53, the Bible says that God shall see the travail of his soul and be satisfied. And boy, I'm so thankful. Listen, this is not just about a little baby that stayed in a manger one morning. This is not just about a little boy who, listen, was brought in at eight days old and then was sitting in the temple at the age of 12, but he lived up and he increased in favor with God and man. And at 30 years of age, he started a public ministry to be able to heal, to be able to walk on water, to be able to raise the dead. But at about 30, 33 and a half years old, may I say this, the law was satisfied. 
because a sacrifice was made. And the Bible reminds us over in the book of Hebrews, may I say this, that this one man that made this one sacrifice and is forever sat down on the right hand of the throne of God, the Lamb delivered on Mount Calvary. And I'm so thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ. Behold the Lamb of God. Now here's the thing. There are multitudes around this world. They'll be celebrating a baby that was born in a manger. And I read it this week. Listen, they have no problem whatsoever excepting a little baby. But accepting Him as a Savior. And I know and everybody's done such a wonderful job this morning. May I remind us that as Mary did look down at that little boy and she would say, my Lord and my Savior. She knew who she was holding. Well, aren't you thankful for that? She understood. That's why I believe she was there on that day that he was hanging on the cross. She wasn't there and it's not for the glory to be given to Mary. It's not to be able to exalt her as a co-intercessor whatsoever. Because may I say this, that someone who needs a Savior cannot be an intercessor for me. But I'm thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that's the full story of Christmas. That He was born. He was raised. He lived a perfect and sinless life. But the lamb delivered. The lamb delivered to God's satisfaction and said, I'll accept that sacrifice because the law demanded a sacrifice and Jesus fulfilled it. You see, we just looked back over into Colossians chapter number 1 where it says that He pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. And some of you will... Recall the reference that I'm about to make and I entitled it as the full story which sometimes we think that that's what we've gotten is the full story but how many have ever heard about the rest of the story? Well, you see the Bible says and tells us throughout the times that the Lord Jesus Christ lived a perfect and sinless life. Bible says that He was crucified and we read it at the end of the Gospels that the Lord Jesus Christ rose from the dead. You see, that's not the, the end of the story, just Him dying on the cross for us. You see, He rose from the dead three days later and He was here upon this earth. And then the Bible says in Acts chapter number 1, the Bible says in verse number 9, And when He had spoken these things, while they beheld, He was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven." May I remind us about the rest of the story. This was close to 2,000 years ago after the Lord Jesus Christ had lived upon this earth, after He had died, was buried, and rose again. The Bible says, standing there upon the Mount of Olives, that He was lifted up and received up into heaven. 
But may I say that's not the end of the story. There were two men as angels that were standing by the Lord, excuse me, the disciples. And the Bible says in verse number 11 that we read, This same Jesus... This same Jesus. Now, may I remind us that it's, he's not coming back as a baby in a manger. Now, listen, I'd love for us to be able to roll back the curtains of time and to be able to see that first Christmas morning. But may I say this, if you were there and saw him as a baby in a manger, there's a possibility that you may not see him as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I would rather see him this same Jesus the one that was taken from uh, humanity back almost 2,000 years ago from the Mount of Olives as he's going to be coming back. The Bible says that he's going to be coming back. We're reminded of it that first he'll be coming back. And those of us that are saved, that are a child of God, may I remind us that we're going to be caught up together with the Lord and we're going to meet him in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. May I tell you, that's the rest of the story. It's not just that Jesus was born and lived and then died and rose from the dead, that he ascended up into heaven, but this same Jesus is coming back. And he's going to come back and he's going to receive us unto himself as the Bible says that where he is, there we may be also. But may I remind us that's not the end of the story either. You see, we're going to take the time and we're going to be up there in heaven with our Lord and Savior. If you've never trusted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, let me say this, you're not going to see Him as this same Jesus. We're going to be able to ascend up into heaven with Him. And then let me just give us just a quick glimpse of what will be taking place while we're up there. Revelation chapter number 4 says this, And the four beasts, verse number 8, had each of them six wings about them. And they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever... And the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created." May I remind us that the day is coming, not that we'll see him as a baby that was laying in a manger, not as the sacrifice that was nailed upon the cross, not even as the victorious Savior that came out of the grave, but we will see him as our King of kings and our Lord of lords, and he will not have a crown of thorns upon his head, but we will that day crown him with many crowns.